jabs by Gina and it's like shadow boxing with kicks and like really, really uh, subpar twerking. And she's welcome to for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no <hear>. warning. <laughs> I, you got me on that one, dude. I didn't even notice. I, <laughs> well, I started to see the purple things light up, and then I look up, and it was like nine seconds. Was like I'm not saying anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that might have ran, dude. Like going through her page was like just cr- just not cringy, but like she was one. Of, she's a mix of like entrepreneurial, like self help motivation people like like you don't need to ask for permission you just need to go and do it two years ago i was at a desk job and now i'm jabbing like what the fuck it's just like it's 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 tybo but modern and like chic and and all it is is like you are just gonna burn calories in their ads they'll have like like that rising we're just looking at some jack dude who's doing it and it's like dude you did not get those shoulders from jabbing Hey guys, welcome to the Fired Up Podcast. <laughs> Here to Fired Up Podcast, we talk about a number of different things, but we're a fitness-based podcast, and this is what we do. I try to I try to catch Cam off guard every single time we start a podcast to make him talk first, and that was probably the best one we've had in a long time. But Bye-bye. Cam is talking about he <laughs> he's ranting about what the topic is today. We're going to be talking about all these different group fitness um, facilities, companies, objectives, and all that uh, good stuff. So once again, I'm Andrew Hopple. I'm Cameron Hewitt. I'm Zach Colangelo. And all of us have been <laughs> in the group fitness industry for quite a while. Um, a combined over a decade of experience, believe it or not. <laughs> if you take all three, <laughs> maybe even two decades, <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> but no, all of us, we've worked with uh, with companies like you would know, many of you would know, Orange Theory Fitness. We've worked with Eat the Frog Fitness. We currently, um, two of us work with Eat the Frog Fitness. And we have some reference in group fitness and, and the, the good parts, the, the not so great parts, and we want to dive into that today. But what's the topic of the day, guys? How are we doing? What's going on inside of uh, your worlds? Inside of our worlds? Yeah. Same old shit. Just just sipping on my mushroom coffee, man. I got I to say. drinking the mushroom coffee? Hell yeah, brother. Every day. Um, but <laughs> I can actually read your guys's uh, auras and energy waves now. So, um, oh, yeah. no, you know, you know, I think that's uh, Kim's leveled up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? uh, I'm living in 2030 right now. No, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell if it's actually making a fo- like a, a difference in my focus and um, and just mental clarity. I think what I need to do is I need to start dialing down the caffeine and seeing because I can't tell if I'm awake or more focused because I'm just caffeinated or if it's because the actual lion's mane, um, cordyceps, stuff like that, that's inside of here. So I got to kind of start taking away the coffee and keep in the mushrooms and see, and see what happens. Cause right now it's like, okay, it just tastes like odd coffee. <laughs> that's it. Kim, do you always make your coffee or, um, your wife's name is Abby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah or does she yeah. does she ever like do something nice and like make you in the morning? So does she, does she yeah. ever do anything nice for you, Cam? Does she, <laughs> she, does she ever like do that like nice? Is she no, a I'm huge saying. asshole or is she? No. <laughs> no so 
So in, in, Cam, in could, could you could you tell me what a good relationship looks like? <laughs> Zach's like no. So so how it goes in like dur- like during the week, I am up way before her because I have like a long commute oh, and yeah. I'll work out before work. So I'll it's always like me making it in the morning, but then okay. even on the weekends, I'm I'm still up before her. So I'll get like a French press ready for us, and then yeah. you know we'll kind of split that. But I'll say like. Like ninety five percent of the time, it's it's me making it. At least for myself. I was gonna say. I was gonna say then, Andrew, if she ever makes it from, we need her to make him, um, normal coffee without that mushroom stuff, and see uh, if he just has a placebo effect. I like right. that. Right. But there's gotta. There's gotta be. I don't know, dude. There. There's gotta be some type of effect, but. I feel like you're definitely placebo in yourself. I can't. No, no. What I'm saying is, I I don't feel any difference. And that's perfectly well. That's perfectly fine. Like sometimes, right. like, that placebo. Zach, is that like, was such a dad, <laughs> and that's that's fine. But listen, no, but like no, that's perfectly fine because that placebo effect is sometimes like that's like how people like psychologize. Like wearing like me personally, like I had to squat. I I forgot my knee sleeves in my in my lifting shoes to squat last week, and mentally it makes me feel more sh- secure and like stable wearing mm-hmm. them when I squat and I didn't last week and it's maybe it is maybe it isn't because some people could squat with nothing but I prefer right. squatting with that thing so that's what I'm saying like with nothing with nothing but ass naked <laughs> like a like a spartan dude <laughs> no, that, that is true like, if you think about like okay how much do your knee sleeves actually help you as far as the total amount of weight you can lift it's like not probably not that much, but that mental thing where you're like, oh no, like I'm not as sturdy with them. You know, it's going to have a greater effect. So it's, it's interesting where like the knee sleeves might actually help you lift an extra, you know, let's say 50 pounds because of the, the mental game. But really it's like, I don't know. I feel, I much. feel safer with them on and a lot major, like there's more evidence that knee sleeves it's different from knee wraps, knee sleeves. Um, there's more evidence for them to keep joint, like um, just like warming up the joints, keep the joint, the joints like physically warmer yeah. and mm-hmm. versus like actually helping unless you have wraps, which it's supposed to have that kind of rebound um, elastic mm-hmm. effect to it. Zach, I got to tell you the um, the first episode we did together, and we talked about your heavy back uh, lunges, heavy uh, uh, back loaded barbell lunges. Yeah, <laughs> I was so inspired and envious of your three fifteen <laughs> um, lunges that I, yeah. in myself, I decided to take it upon myself to start programming those for my my uh, my leg days, and mm-hmm. I messed up my bum ass knee for a good month. Because <laughs> right, you just drive it in. Did you just get stapled by like the weight, and you just drove it straight into your concrete floor? No, dude. I just <laughs> he, he couldn't handle it. <laughs> just get stapled, and you're stuck in like a, on one knee. I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. The, the clips are on. There's no way out. <laughs> Training to propose, just stapled on one knee. Just I'm ready to go. <laughs> and I'm never this? leaving this position. How do I dump this? No, I I, uh, I literally just ripped my tendon. Not literally, but uh, it definitely it was so inflamed. For <laughs> my kneecap was gone. Um, I actually yeah. can't bend my right knee now. But I my 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 
patellar tendon was so inflamed for some reason after after these heavy lunges, I could not like use leg day for or do leg day for like a good three weeks at least. And well, it was so what did you do? like what was the weight? What was the rep range? Like did you um just- I, I went up to two twenty five. So I just had two plates on and the the instability there in my uh my right knee is pretty prevalent. Um and it has been for a while. And I'm just yeah. trying to to find the best way to to get back to uh, having stronger knees and build that muscle around them, of course, to help out with that too. And it just, I messed it up somehow. I was going slow, I was controlling it, and it just tweaked it. And I was I was smoked for almost a month. And then uh, two weeks later, while it was inflamed, though, I uh, was able to successfully. Um, PR with my uh, my deadlift. So was that so? You PR'd after we deadlifted for December. You PR'd no, again? that was that was that was after I had um like my knee was still messed up like in a major way. Like I could feel it going upstairs, and I just ripped up that. Uh, I mean, it was it was a grind. You were there. Zach was there when I got my December yeah, PR. Freezing our ass off. <laughs> But it'll be better in the in the spring. I know. It'll I'm excited nice, for that. It'll probably be nice to lift this week. It's supposed to be like mid sixties. Yeah, dude. I know. I'm planning on it for sure. Waking up early. Mm-hmm. Cam and I have done a few early morning uh, workout sessions over at the garage gym while he was visiting over the past we six have. months. Yeah. We have, we, we took we, those like we took those photos and you and I both were like trying to smile and we both just look so tired, dude. Oh <laughs> my god. Those were rough. It's so freezing ass cold and it's like six AM. It's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't used those for anything. Dude, we look like we were forty five. Both I look <laughs> I look I look like a Russian like drug dealer. My hair is like all the way down. <laughs> It's not a good look, man. It's not a good look. Yeah, no, Cam, next time you're in town, we'll try to coordinate and I'll bring all my weights so we can process. Yeah. I won't need them, no. but you guys will. <laughs> and we can go off program. <laughs> Great. I love doing that. Oh. I do it all the time. Um, I was looking. Programming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. That's the, uh, that's the topic of the day is programming. And uh, proper programming, optimal, optimized programming, uh, as my, my good friend Zach would say. And uh, he's like already hating that he said it once. <laughs> and uh, essentially, what I want to get into today and, and kind of dive into, because some of our most popular topics that Cam and I have talked about over the past few years, and that's really weird to say the last few years, uh, because yeah. The, yeah. the official... Fired Up Podcast birthday, the second birthday, is coming up, I think, April 3rd or so. That's crazy, dude. It, it's flown by, man. It's yeah, flown by. Yeah. But one of, the, one of the biggest topics that we've had year in and year out has been Orange Theory Fitness and group training in general and talking to you guys about what that looks like, the pros, the cons from an inside perspective, from, from people who are inside of the industry, training industry, group training industry, what have you, both of them, and what we think about that. You guys have responded really well to that. Um, so we want to do another one and kind of expand on it all together with three different perspectives as to what you could expect um, for, for those situations. So mm-hmm. to kind of kick things off, 
I want to talk about from a, a very general standpoint first. Group training, what are the uh, the most important benefits that people should expect across the board? Everybody gets these types of things. Zach, we'll hit you first. Um, I would say people get it's so like cliche and just but community and like having a good time. Like yeah. it's you're you're for most people, I would I would say majority of people do not want to work out. Um, so going to work out with people at five AM before work, six AM before work, it's a lot more enjoyable when you have somebody. It's I could see why it's very difficult to go work out like camp because you go before work, correct? Usually. Most of the time, most of the time, yeah, yeah. And that's like six a.m. No, it's like, <laughs> no, like four. I am, I am, I'm lifting at four thirty, and every time it sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, you know, Cam laughs at six a.m. No matter. Well, I mean, something. <laughs> that's crazy. That is your gym twenty four hours then. I have a key fob. Yeah, I can get in one hour. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most gyms open, I would say, at 5, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. in less than 24 hours or you have a key fob. Um, so it's, it's very difficult to get motivated and trying to get up. And that's why I think Eat the Frog, Orange Theory, whatever you're doing, group fitness in general is just better when you have friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of, you build that community standpoint. I was talking to a, a new member for our Naperville studio the other day. Um, one of their most favorite things was that, that component, the community component that Zach's talking about, that you build that community inside, not just your, your studio base, um, but also inside of the regular time slot. So the 5 a.m. session, you know, we've coached, we've coached those, the 6 a.m. sessions, those two, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are some of the most consistent and some of the most oh, yeah. clicky type of uh, session t- times that you can get into <laughs> in, a, in a good way, too, though, yep. because once you're in, you're in and people are like, all right, most favorite, uh, I guess I would probably have to say group training um, community that I've ever gotten to been a part of was 5 a.m., 6 a.m. over at Orange Theory Fitness Bloomington because it was so fun. Like if people were tagging everybody on Facebook, on social media after every single day. And like if somebody didn't show up, there was like hashtags that would come out every day like like uh, like where's Sturdy or something like that. Like it's like it was just so ridiculous <laughs> where it's like a, right. a soft haze where, hey, we're in this thing together. And you got to show up. Otherwise you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get called out in the best way possible. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I got to agree with Zach. That is, if I were to choose one major benefit of group fitness classes by, by far, it would be community. Like I've seen people at the orange theory I used to work at not know each other before orange theory. And to this day, I see them like on social media, like hanging out, like outside of the gym, right? Because it's there's something to be said for when you do something incredibly difficult where you're challenging yourselves like all together. Like there's just like a certain bond that happens with that. And those are the people that end up doing it for a very long time. And then they actually end up like, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that at Orange Theory, but I would have someone in the beginning, you know, the first 
maybe four weeks, they they would hate the rower, but they kept doing yeah. it. And then eventually they, they learned to love it just because they got they got better at it. And I feel like a lot of people do that just with working out in general because they're doing it with their friends. They start getting better at it. They're starting to see weight loss, muscle gain, you know, the whole gambit. And then they they start enjoying that feeling of pushing themselves. And that might not necessarily happen if they were just, you know, the lone wolf in a, in a big box gym trying it at their own, right? There's not as much of a sense of community there. Yes. Like, rowing, like unless you, like Cam said, unless you already enjoy it, like if you're new to this whole exercise thing, activity that we are all kind of obsessed with, um, going to the gym and just rowing by yourself is so boring. <laughs> I remember like, yep. like I, I'm not the biggest fan of rowing cause I'm trying to make that transition to more endurance, um, style training, uh, meet those, those guidelines, um, for aerobic activity more so. Um, so at my girlfriend's parents' house, they have a concept two rower and I just put a towel over it. They have a TV down there and I'll put on a Netflix episode soon enough. 25 30 minutes goes by and i just rode at a steady pace i would it was much easier to find that pace and sit there and like focus on breathing while still while enjoying myself and watching a show or mm-hmm. sport like during when football was on i would like go down there and i was like okay i'm just gonna try to find a pace and row at a steady pace for the third quarter or whatever or for mm-hmm. halftime kind of thing um and I do that with running too, but treadmills suck. They're they're, they're more boring than uh, rowing. You think yeah. so? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. That's a that's yeah. They a, definitely that's a pretty are. hot opinion. Wow. Oh, tre- treadmills are boring. I I have never been on a treadmill and been like, oh yeah, this is engaging. Like it's yeah. it's super boring. Like even in Orange Theory, you're like, okay, I guess I'll look at myself in the mirror. Like I don't know. It's but when you're rowing, you can like, cause you're never going to really fall off the rower. I mean, I've seen it happen, but like you can watch Netflix up on a TV and be rowing. If you're trying to watch Netflix while you're running, it's like, dude, you, you step a little bit to one side. It's like, Ooh, you might fall off that thing. Yeah. 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 yeah it um, demands more attention. Also like the, the ego, in me is like I'd rather row because at least I'm getting some sort of pulling in and doing something mm-hmm. for my back and extending the hips and leg drive. So I'm getting some sort of resistance hypertrophy effect with that versus just walking and just destroying my calves. Right. <laughs> right that's walking another thing. Andrew and I were talking about this maybe an episode or two ago with with Cal Dietz, how he's like Hey, if you're going to be getting the, the cardio benefit, does it does it matter how you get it? And the answer is kind of yes, depending on your goal. Like you can either be running or walking yeah. or even like an elliptical, right? Get rid of the impact of running. Mm-hmm. You still get the heart rate benefits, but that's kind of like that's kind of it. So like you might as well do it on a rower and get some of those other like hypertrophy benefits as well. Or, you know, Cal Dietz will do it with actual you know, weighted movements on a barbell, but just rotate them in a way that they can keep going. Like that's so much, I don't know. Yes. You get more bang for your buck. It's yeah. more optimal. Wouldn't you say? 
yes, it's more optimal. Like if you're training for if you're marathon training, and yes, you need to get any sort of aerobic training is going to benefit you in a way, but like nothing's going to be actually practicing running and getting more reps in and more volume, more miles. Um, it's just specificity. And like, yes, if I'm training for a marathon and I row, I'm going to have some sort of aer- aerobic carryover, but it's not going to be specific to just normally tempo runs, intervals, longer period days mm. and whatnot. Right. Well, bring it back to orange theory versus like, o- like OTF kind of, or orange theory versus eat the frog. Um, I kind of wonder what's the purpose because orange theory has treadmills and rowers and part of me feels like, okay, they probably do treadmills because that's what people are going to expect there to be. Cause when people think cardio, they think running and when they mm-hmm. think running, they probably just think treadmill, but I would love to hear you kind of your guys's experience with, with eat the frog and like do members or new members ever say like, Hey, you know, where are, where are the treadmills? Like, you know, cause that's, I would, I would expect that, you know, if I was kind of new to this, um, cause really it's like, dude, if you're, I know eat the frog uses, you know, sandbags, right. If you're, if you're throwing sandbags over your shoulder, dude, good luck getting, you, you know, keeping your heart rate low. Right. So do they, do they ever bring up yeah. the, uh, the, tr- like where the treadmill sort of thing? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty common question. And at least initially. Yeah, I would say Andrew, you you have a better um, understanding of this because you're speaking to them one on one and you're meeting people. I've never come across it. Um, the people that I've met so far, um, the new members, they come to eat the frog because they learned that there wasn't treadmills and they hate running. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, there's there's definitely a big uh, population pocket that falls underneath that criteria where they've always hated treadmills. Um, and there's also a big population pocket that hates rowing and you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who hate biking or cycling. So it's just, I don't know what the, the breakup is for, um, specificity in terms of where percentages uh, fall for how many people hate this or that, or love this or that. But there is a, it, it is pretty common for people to ask, oh, wow, there's no treadmills. Oh, because uh, it's just that's kind of a common thing. It's a, uh, I mean, we were just talking about guys. We were talking about, I already forgot what it's called. This company that specifically only oh, rise. provides, yeah, Rise Group Training, where rise you, <laughs> Rise Nation, where you have a a climbing cardio piece. It's a Versa climb, Versa climber, Versa. Yeah, the, the entirety, what it looks at, what it looks like from what we've seen, the entirety of their their programming, their workout sessions are thirty minutes in duration, and you're climbing on this piece of cardio equipment, uh, like acting like a ladder almost. Mm-hmm. Is that fair, guys? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a number of different things that people would like or hate about, <laughs> say any, um, training uh, facility or group training setup. But uh, the, the, the common question, the commonality of, oh, you guys don't have treadmills, I think is more frequent because that's just what most people are, are um, programmed to believe that that would be common because of Orange Theory Fitness, which kind of created mm-hmm. this mass micro industry um, 
across the board. So people, I think, come to expect that. Right. I think we can, I would you agree. know, one thing we've never really talked about with, <clears throat> with the group fitness, like industry is the, the marketing side of it. So, I mean, you know, we were just, we were on the Rise Nation website and if you guys are listening and if you're not driving or whatever, go to their website <laughs> and just go through some of the pictures. There's, Andrew pointed out when we were on the website, there's a pretty jacked dude like instructing someone and he's got this just dumbo thick bicep vein. Like he looks jacked. And from that, you would assume, oh, wow, I can look like him if I do these workouts. It's like, dude, there's no way you would, you would yeah. look like that from yeah. just doing that, that Versa climber. And, you know, not that it's, I wouldn't consider it lying. Cause it's like, you know, that's a, an interpretation thing, but you know, even that article we, uh, you know, we were reading about how, how orange theory marketed the hell out of the, the afterburn or the, the epoch, right. And how you're gonna burn so many more calories and all that. It's like how you kind of spin something completely can, can change what people think about the workout and about fitness in general. Like, I don't know how you guys used to kind of sell memberships at orange theory, but like when I was doing it and if someone was doing premiere, I would phrase it and and now looking back, I, I would I would not do this. I, I overhyped it, but you know, I mean at the time I didn't know any better. I'd say, hey, if you come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'll burn a lot of calories on those days, but then you'll still have that afterburn, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then you can maybe use Sunday as a full rest day or, you know, get a workout in during the weekend if you want. And now that I look back at it, I probably made people think. I will be burning as many calories as I did during the workout on my off day because that's how potent this afterburn is, and it's it's actually not even close. It's not it's not close at all. Yeah, what they do one of one of the one of the issues with these um, these companies these brands is that everybody has to try to sell their workout as being the best workout because of X Y and Z and that's what orange theory fell into when they created their, their brand. The, one of their, their main calls was the epoch was the, the call to, Oh, the afterburn effect, the ability to do our workout, which is going to be so much better for you because we're hitting the science of living inside your fat burning zone. Um, and like that, as we've become older, at least I can speak for myself and spending more time in the industry. A lot of these things that were, were taught to, to sell uh, a brand or a product on in the fitness industry, most of the time are not true or they are very minimal, the changes, the differences that take place. So for example, the epoch and the fat burning zone, if you're an Orange Theory member, if you worked with Orange Theory or you know anything about them, those are two big talking points that the brand kind of worked with for a very long time. And epoch in itself has been kind of like a faulty science that has just been more and more left behind where you're not going to, you know, this post-exercise consumption, oxygen uh, consumption, where your body needs to, like you work so hard, your body has to recover and you're going to burn more calories just recovering over the next day. It's not something that's going to be a huge difference maker and where you're going to get that extra fat burn that Orange Theory tries to market. As well yeah, as the um, the fat burning zone, where hey, if you're inside the orange zone, 
if you're training at 84 to uh, what was it? 82 to 91% of your maximum heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. If you're training within that zone, the highest percentage of each calorie burned is going to be uh, fat versus anything else. And yes, guys, there's going to be a little bit of a difference there, but here's how the math kind of breaks down, which is kind of insightful to think about if we take a moment and just try to do some quick math instead of just listening to what other people are telling us, trying to sell us something is that let's say we burn 150 calories inside the fat burning zone. And we, you know, we, for argument's sake, we burn 5% more calories through fat versus other things, but we operate at a, a tougher capacity. You know, that heart rate maybe is uh, living above that at our red zone is what orange theory call it 91% for the same amount of time. And we burn 200 calories and maybe we burn 5% less purely for the fat, we're still going to be burning more calories, burning more fat by operating at that higher capacity for the same amount of time. So it's, you have, we have to look at things in the, the bigger scope and try to compare them and say, okay, how am I being sold in this one product and what's true on the science? Mm-hmm. You think that's a fair right. assumption and fair evaluation guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and each each place is going to do that. I mean, like, so for you guys, you guys are both at Eat the Frog right now. I mean, what is not not to say that you guys are probably marketing something that's not fully honest, but like, what is Eat the Frog's kind of main selling points? Where you know, with Orange Theory, you have the the afterburn, and and even you know, I would I would throw the um, the flex deck treadmills in there. I think that one's more legit. Because if you go from a flex deck yeah. treadmill to a regular treadmill, it feels like garbage. Like you're like, dude, screw this. Like those treadmills are a pretty good selling point. And I think that's <laughs> genuine. But um, what are what are like ETFs, like kind of pillars of of marketing? Andrew, go ahead. Well, I would say so. It took a lot for me to jump into any brand to. Um, inside the group fitness industry and to to try to build something and grow something and own it. And what I wanted was I wanted as close representation to authenticity to, to training science as possible. I wanted something that could scale and grow and follow sciences and wouldn't be afraid to pivot. And of course, any brand, any company is going to have trouble with that. But I like that Eat the Frog Fitness isn't married to any specific type of science. Eat the Frog Fitness isn't saying, hey, we have this crazy fat burning zone and we <laughs> and you have Epoch and you're like, <laughs> like, oh man, all these sexy sounding pop culture. You guys hear me say pop culture fitness all the time. But that's what I liked about Eat the Frog Fitness was that we're, we're going for spe- you know, specified, known and understood and accepted training truths. So variable intensity programming, making sure that we're um, trying to raise intensity. We don't have to give 110% every single time. And then we're taking things away and we're recovering. And we're making sure that we're kind of customizing things for people versus the everybody does the exact same uh, training style, training regime. And I I appreciated that a ton uh, in terms of uh, training. Now, like anything else, if we have a certain facility programmed around specific 
training equipment, it's tough to pivot that type of company outside of those training equipments. So when you're part of a, a, a franchise brand like this, we have to utilize what we have unless we want to change the entire thing and get all these different franchisee owners to buy new equipment or change something out. So that's always going to be kind of a hindrance, but I do like a lot of the equipment. I like the entirety of the equipment that we have. Um, I just wish that we would have maybe more options for some things. What do you think, Zach? Um, yes, I, I think we, in terms of equipment, yes, I wish we had more. I kind of, I, I personally don't like the new bells. Um, and if you don't know what new bells are, they're basically a, it has a normal kind of dumbbell handle, but it's the, the weight is around your hand. It's a circle. So they're basically dumbbells, but a circle versus, um, more so the traditional hex or whatever the round um and two round ends it's just around your hand um i know that's kind of confusing to to picture but um just look up new bell n-u-b-e-l-l and you'll understand what i'm talking about and then like the ability to put them onto like a quote-unquote barbell it's only 18 pounds it's just like a piece of metal with a clamp on the end of it um i wish we had more and i wish we had higher weights for those people that do come in that have a little bit more experience with like um we took a for the team meeting yesterday um this previous saturday um we did a team workout as well and like we had like we had front squats and the highest new bell that we have is 30 pounds so i had two 30 pounds and then i put on the barbell because the barbell is like what andrew 18 20 yeah it's like like 20 So then like I tried to do as much weight as possible and it, it was low. It was like sets of five to eight, depending on like the round. And like in the previous episode, we were talking about my goals for front squat and like anywhere and like anything below a hundred pounds is like, I pretty sure I do the bar 10 times and then I go straight to 135, like when it comes to squatting. So right there it's not enough like i would have to do sets of 50 to like get Mm -hmm. something out that's a great point that's a great point and a huge a huge pivot that specifically eat the frog could make and pretty simply honestly would be to add in just like orange theory did and i think that that was a great move that they had was that they had the heavy the heavy rack yeah have those heavier weights available because not everybody's going to need that but to have Mm -hmm. that as an option it's pretty, pretty important. Yes. Because we, um, all three of us, we're pretty huge on, on strength training. We're pretty huge on um, the, the impact that we, uh, that, you know, th- those proper rep ranges going for um, exertion and what that does to mm-hmm. the body. Yes. And just like anything, strength is specific. So if Eat the Frog has, okay, ra- round one and three, is five reps round two and four is 10 reps that round one and three, which is five. You we're trying, it's specific. We're trying to do, we're trying to get better at that, that lower um, rep range. And eventually people are going to, their bodies are going to adapt and they're not going to get the same stimulus out of two 30 pound dumbbells. So eventually they're just going to be working in that maybe 10 to 20 rep range and getting stronger and there, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's whatever you want, but 
if you're coming to the workout expecting to get stronger within that one to five rep range because you somebody told you that's what you're doing and you rarely see that, then like you expect to train that specific rep range. Absolutely. Yeah, and like if you're trying to train like what you're just saying in that rep range, and if you're trying to use a new bell or dumbbells, you know, like group fitness classes. I don't know. I haven't seen a single one that uses a barbell except for like a CrossFit gym. You yeah. know, they obviously are, are big on those, but like Zach, you said in our previous episode, you know, one of your goals is you want to front squat, what, three three sixty five or something like that. If that, let's say that was your goal, but you're only doing eat the frog or, or even if you're at an, an orange theory, you know, at, at the one that I worked at, they had a hundred pound dumbbells. Are you really going to be, I mean, like, are you going to be able to hold two 100 pound dumbbells and front squat that? It's like, I mean, maybe if your, if your shoulders can handle it, but compared to just putting a barbell on your shoulders and doing it that way, I mean, there's, there's certain limitations with only having dumbbells, even if they do go heavier, there's certain things you won't be able to do unless you have a barbell. Yeah. And for somebody that has a, a strength goal, say they want to squat barbell squat 200 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. The majority of their training shouldn't be at eat the frog or orange theory or F 45, whichever those people mm-hmm. tend to have that more um, experience with barbell training. So for me, it's like I mix in an eat the frog workout, maybe once every two weeks, like we have a, like a team meeting and we're starting to do it more. Um, it just doesn't, eat the frog i like eat the frogs training in their workouts because especially right now when i'm trying to burn more calories and lose body fat um it would be ideal for like basically the amount of calories i burn for the amount of time i'm working out it's just quote-unquote optimal um (laughs) you make a um, t-shirt optimal (laughs) with quotes finger the finger emojis Um, (laughs) but uh for me it just doesn't meet what I'm trying to do so it's just not specific like I'm trying to get as strong as possible at a certain body weight and I'm not going to be able to do that when the highest um the heaviest I can go is like what is it 78 pounds with the 230 pound Mm -hmm. new bells yeah right absolutely and that's that's probably the biggest hindrance right now that I can think of um for for our brand that we're a part of. But once again, it's, it's trying to look at the equipment as well as the training philosophies and the training science behind it and trying to say, okay, do these match up with training truths or are they trying to spin and uh, create something different, create something new? Because guys, listen, training, and Cam and I have talked about this a while back, training has not changed. The, the adaptation process for the body has not changed for thousands of years. And, uh, you know, if... <laughs> the way that we train has and the philosophies behind it. But if you're trying to, to lose fat in 3000 BC, guess what? You're going to have to be at a calorie deficit. And uh, if you want to <laughs> add on muscle, you're going to have to you know stimulate and load those muscles so that they have to adapt and get stronger. So things aren't different. And it's just, if there's a new, a brand new workout or a brand new science or a brand new way, most of the time, that's probably not true. It's just a different pivot and a different way to market it to you. 
Yeah, it's all marketing. There, nobody's inventing anything revolutionary in today in 2021. It's it's all been done. It's just how people. Um, I think the reason why some coaches, whether you're doing group fitness or you're doing your own um, personal training um, company, like one on one or um, online, it's just the way that you cue, um, the way that you. Um, I guess the approach you have to it, the way that you cue and the way that you, um, what's the word, I guess, communicate sure. philosophy mm-hmm. I, it, so that people can understand. Cause, um, I th- like with eat the frog and orange theory, the hardest thing for people to understand when it comes to an exercise is like learning how to shoot your hips back, keep your back flat and slight knee bend with like bent over rows or RDLs and, people can't do those three things very well um, at first. You learn, but being able to use certain words to cue them um, Mm -hmm. is important. And it's make or break for somebody having an enjoyable training session where they feel like they did something, but also they don't feel completely wrecked at the end. Yeah, I'd say that's that's a great evaluation. Um, So based off of like these kind of uh, these, these benefits where we're seeing, okay, you have a lot of positive community. You have a lot of uh, you know, ability to probably stick to your program because you're building that community as well. So adherency to a program at the same time and responsibility of working with a coach, those are some great positives and benefits. And then we also have the drawbacks of uh, becoming and buying into a brand of fitness instead of just fitness in general and we can't ebb and flow and, and kind of go with the science. We have to most of the time stick with what's being preached to us. So if we're, of course, every company has varying degrees of marketing versus true science, I'd say. And best case scenario is that we kind of align ourselves if we're inside of group fitness with one of those companies that is more heavily towards the science versus the marketing and the, the pop culture side of things. So what are some other takeaways what are some other you know negatives um that we could see inside of the group training world i think for one thing people over time a lot of people i found kind of lost sight of making a goal like when you first come in most people that are doing group fitness they are i mean really they're looking to lose fat that i swear that was like 90 percent of people um that i that i met some people were like hey i want to you know, they would have some sort of performance goal. Like I want to get my better than my mile time than it was in high school, you know, something like that, whatever. Um, but what I found a lot with members who had been there for quite some time, it kind of seemed like they were just trying to get a quote unquote good workout and, you know, get their heart rate up, get a little sweaty, you know, feel a little bit of a, you know, lactic acid buildup in their muscles, whatever, but they lose the specific goal. And I, I don't know. I, then it's like, well, okay. You just want to feel like you worked out. I mean, that there's, there's mm-hmm. some benefit to that. You know, you're still being way more active than the average person, which is great. Um, but then the other thing, so one of the good things is community, but community can also be a bad thing because when you get a sense that you might like lose your community, people will almost do anything to keep it. So, you know, I, we had, we had one member, she, uh, uh, one day she like wasn't coming in for a while and I saw her at export 
and she was like kind of nervous to like say hi to me. I'm like, no, dude, like it's like, it's cool. Like whatever. She's like, you know, it was just too much cardio. And so she realized I need to get more, more weights and I want to be stronger and I can't do that at Orange Theory. And I feel like some members aren't willing to do that because of that big sense of community. They don't want to lose that. And so even if it, even if um, group fitness isn't helping them achieve their goal, they will still stay there because they have five friends they work out with, you know, and it's kind of like, if you leave, it's like you're leaving your community and will those friendships end? And so there's kind of that, I don't know, I guess that dark side to the community aspect. Yeah. Also, um, kind of like usually when you have people who in community that may be competitive, it could also drive to, um, I guess, negative aspects of, of lifting weights or, or physical activity, which could be, I mean, it's very hard for people to be overtrained in today's society with everyone being undertrained and not doing meeting the, the guidelines for physical activity. So mm-hmm. it's more than likely that's not the case, but um, maybe pushing each other to like for more theory, like running at a 12 mile per hour with an incline maybe isn't the smartest for some people. Um, Cause I've seen people fall off the treadmill before. Um, mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. That's the bad side of community. So if you get real messed up, yeah, you fly off, get a nasty burn from the, the treadmill belt and maybe run into somebody or, or something. Um, but then again, what Cam was saying with, with goals, maybe their goal is just to do something every single day. Like my girlfriend's dad, his, his thing was, he's been doing it since January 1st. It was, I just want to close the 30 minute, 30 minutes um, on his Apple watch, the the green activity ring. He's like, I just want to do something every day, whether that be taking the dog for a walk on Tuesday, Thursday and the weekends, and then weight training on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I just want to do something. Um, mm-hmm. and he's a big Netflix, not so much Netflix, but just like, um, regular, like recorded TV. Um, so he'll just put it on the TV and he'll row for 30 minutes or he'll walk on the treadmill at an incline. He just wants to do something every day, um, and get closer to those, those recommendations. So that yeah. could just be me do something every day. doesn't right. have to be squat a certain weight or run a certain mile time or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But once again, like it's once you kind of like you guys were pointing out, once you fall into a, a community or a brand or something like that, I hope that it's a brand that focuses on science and focuses on proper training because then it is going to be hard if you do get embedded into that community, into that program. It's going to be harder to leave, even if it isn't what you're trying to accomplish anymore, or if your goals or objectives change um, and you get kind of trapped into that situation where you're like, man, but this is all I know, or this is, you know, mm-hmm. what, what I, I kind of base my entire fitness career around um, fitness career. Like people are <laughs> making it in their entire lives like we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So positives, negatives, personal training in itself. And how does that differ to group training or group coaching? What are the positives and negatives for that aspect? Because one of the biggest things that I always try to reference for people is that, and especially when I'm trying to explain what Eat the the Frog Fitness is, if you're looking for 
personal training, if you're looking for guidance and programming, group fitness is one of the most effective and affordable ways to achieve that. Much like online training or online programming, it's so much more efficient time-wise and money-wise for both parties involved. So when we're talking about the training side of things, the, the, the professional as well as the customer or the consumer, I would say I would argue group fitness and online training are much more effective on both of those senses for both parties versus personal training, which is, of course, in its title, personal, more personal, but it's also going to be more expensive and more time consuming for both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a positive is that online training specifically, um, especially in today's world with um, quarantine, people are kind of still on edge about going to gyms and meeting with a trainer and having that one-on-one um, interaction with somebody that they don't know or just met and don't know how they've been going about coronavirus and how safe they've been they've been playing it. So I think more average Joe people, everyday exercisers are looking more into the online training. Um, but before that, I think it would be mainly just athletes, people on the go, and um, more advanced, I guess you could say, um, exercisers, exercise doers. Mm-hmm. Exercise doers. <laughs> yeah, I think you do get you do get a really good you do get a really good blend of the affordability of like group fitness, but with that personal aspect to it. Now, obviously, you kind of miss out on the community, but that's not important to everyone. Like when I go to the gym, I don't super care about getting to know people. Like I don't really need to know people's names. I don't really want to. It's just not a priority to me. Like yeah. I'm fine doing it on my own. Like it's whatever. Um, so I think it. I'm I'm happy that it's definitely a a booming sector of the industry right now. I think a lot of people are like, hey, I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. I'll get in, go in, get it done, and go up, go about my day, whatever. Um, and then they can, you know, you also have to have that accountability. Like if you're coaching. 20 to 30 people at a time are you really going to be able to talk to all of them about hey what goal are you working towards because there might there might be someone like like your girlfriend's dad who's like hey i just want to i just want to be moving i want to be getting a workout in every day i want to be consistent but you're not going to know that unless you ask them right i mean you know you ask them in the beginning when they first join and maybe the members you know really well you you know you check in on them maybe a little more often just because you're talking to them more but if you have an online coach, it's like they're almost they're they're more capable of checking in with you consistently than when in a day a group fitness coach might see you know upwards of a hundred people. You're just not going to be able to do that check in with them. So that's another gigantic benefit with the accountability of how goals change and what the next one should be and kind of what you need to fine tune um, week to week. You just you don't get that in group fitness, but you can get it in person and you can get it online. Yeah. Um, for online, um, the negative side of it, if, if you are listening and you're looking for online training, um, try and you're trying to find somebody, I would look at somebody 
and it might sound the opposite, somebody that may not have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million followers, because I guarantee you, if you have a favorite fitness influencer or whatever that you follow on Instagram and they have, mm-hmm. they have 250,000 followers, guarantee you, one, they're sending this, you the same program. They send the hundreds of other people reaching out or there's a possibility you're not even going to be emailing and talking to them one-on-one. It could be an assistant or mm-hmm. their team, what, whatever. Because these these influencers that, whatever, whatever it be, Gymshark, uh, Ghost, whatever supplement or whatever company, they they can't take care of 400 people who are, like they mm-hmm. wouldn't have the time in the day to go travel and take their Instagram pictures on the beach and their bikini or, or really short. Jack, that's not true. That's simply not true. They work from the beach every single day, Monday through Friday, with a uh, cocktail in hand, and they're still jacked and shredded. Yeah. So, and, and they're also all natural too. So, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Very so, hopefully, you guys got some benefits and some some takeaways and some uh, some negatives that uh, try to paint the picture for you guys in light of group training and personal training and what the online training, all these different entities that kind of come into the the training world. What would you guys suggest off of if somebody has just a goal to get to a certain spot in their, in their fitness, what do you think the most beneficial way to go about that is just a very general stance? um, If they're looking for some type of guidance, and what what is your argument for it? <laughs> I think so. I think for a lot of people, de- kind of depending on the goal, because there's certain parts of fitness that I don't know if this actually exists. I'm sure it does, though. Um, dude, there's a lot of shit out there for free. Like the past two programs I've done, it's like, a, hey, you make a donation if you can, but you certainly don't have to. No, dude, these these Candido programs, they you enter in all your information, whatever, and it, and it spits out your numbers, whatever, right? It's a good place to start. Like if you're someone who's hesitant and you're like, Hey, I don't really want to hire a coach doing something like that. At least you're following something is a Yo, good but place if, to start. If you're doing that, hold on. If you're, if you're going that, cause I know you like to go the, Hey, just like figure it out on your own route. If you're going to go that route, you better freaking stick to it because most of you guys out there, you're going to, you're going to bullshit yourself and you know that that's true. So taking Cam's advice, don't you dare take Cam's advice if you know that you're not actually going to execute every single time. It's hard enough as a coach to get people to adhere to things that you're telling them to do. And let alone when you're just telling yourself, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like... Yeah. Well, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying they should, they should make up a program, but that's like a huge kind of thing going on right now where like people, before they ask people to buy something, they will give them something to try out for free. So, so you, you kind of get a, a taste of what that coach might be about. And if it's something that you, you like the way they run things, you like the way the, the programs are laid out, even just like from like a, uh, understanding standpoint, like, okay, are they emailing you workouts? Are they doing it on trainerized, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that might be something to look into. Like me personally, uh, 
sure. if I if I could justify paying for a powerlifting coach right now, I would 100% would. You know, but in the meantime, I'm either going to buy a a program or I'm going to do another Candida one and and give them a donation, right? So it kind of depends on if you're doing like a bodybuilding show, yeah, you might be more apt to have a coach. You know, that that shit's going to be complicated as hell with diet. If your goal is, hey, I just want to be, you know, I want to gain strength, you know, these numbers, you might not, you might not need to spend $300 a month on a coach. There might be other avenues you can go down. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think the first step, uh, in taking that step is, is maybe on a piece of paper, write down what is stopping you. If you're, if you're going to start this, this fitness journey or this, if you have a goal in mind that you want to, that you want to change about yourself, write down what is stopping you. So if money is tight, Planet Fitness is $10 a month and mm-hmm. motivation is high to Planet Fitness. Perfectly fine. They have dumbbells. They have every single machine. They have cardio. If money isn't an issue, but motivation is is the issue, go get a personal trainer one-on-one because that's where mm-hmm. it usually gets a little bit expensive. But if motivation is high and money is tight still, you but if money isn't as tight, you can do online personal training because if you meet a trainer three times a week for a month, it, it, it would probably, depending on the trainer and what gym you go to, if they charge, um, if they make their rates versus if like the organization, the company they work for makes their rates, one-on-one is going to cost more than, than, um, a monthly group, uh, not group, a monthly online training, um, personal mm-hmm. trainer. So it, it all depends on what um, is stopping you, really. If it's injury, do some research and find somebody that, that you feel is um, a credible source and um, uses the literature to program. If, Like I said, if money is tight, plan a fitness, perfectly fine. Money isn't tight, go find a trainer. Like take the, Absolutely. Take the effort out of it. That's why like, there's no... I can't say there's no, but some of the t- the strongest powerlifters in the world, those 600 pound benchers, those those damn near thousand pound squatter and deadlifters, they're not programming themselves. They have someone else coming into the picture so they could take the programming portion out of the situation, so they don't even have to think about it. All they do every single day, they're and on top of it, those people that are are squatting a thousand pounds, benching five, six hundreds of pounds, that's their full-time job. So all they have to do is eat, stay on track um, food-wise, and then train whatever their their sport is. That That's all they want to think about. They try to take programming out of it, mm-hmm. and that's where the, the coach comes into play where you don't have to think about it. And I think another issue is people are like, okay, well, um, money is tight, motivation is high, but I – don't know what to do so what do i do when i go into planet fitness or whatever and that's where you have to do your research and just start off by doing little stuff here and there like a bunch of different rep ranges slowly progressing in weight slowly progressing in in volume number of sets number of reps Mm -hmm. and trying to hit every single major muscle group at least two times a week absolutely major muscle groups as in um your biggest uh 
body motivators, body movers. So your back, you know, your, your chest, your, your legs, all that good stuff, guys. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, hopefully you got something out of this episode. Once again, everybody, um, trying to break down training, different types of it, affordability, all that good stuff. There's a lot of good programs out there. There's a lot of good brands. Do your homework, do your research. Don't be lazy. Um, if we're talking about training in itself, do the little things in order to set yourself up for success. Same thing when you're doing your research. If you're not willing to put in the extra detail work, you're selling yourself short. You're just screwing yourself over. So set yourself up for success, like we always say, and prepare for that. But yeah, hopefully you got something out of this episode. If you did, be sure that you are uh, sending this to somebody, you're sharing it up on the socials. If we did a favor for you, kind of helped you out in some way, uh, do the same for us. But other than that, what we got for the people this week, boys? Do you have any? I think do I think what Zach just said is perfect. Like, because one thing is like you don't necessarily have to just start with a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is like that's a really good point, man. Like, <clears throat> if money is limiting you, like me, then yeah, find either a cheap or affordable program, try it out. If you like it, great. If not, do a little more research, find a different one. If you're like, hey, I got a lot of money, I got a lot of motivation, then then go with a personal trainer, right? You know, kind of see see where you're at, see what holes, you know, what, what are you missing? Because um, if you're lacking that motivation, I mean, dude, good luck doing it on your own. It's, you're you're probably going to do it for a week and then that's give hard. up. So I think, that's, I think that's a great point that Stop. Zach made. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Stop being down. afraid to commit to something too. I, I feel like it's just so common inside of the fitness world too. People are like freaking afraid to commit to fitness for some reason. Like they're like, they're afraid of the discomfort. <laughs> it's not even like pain or like problem. It's just something that isn't super comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's so terrifying that people don't want to commit. Well, that's whenever that's, that's with, whenever you're going out of your comfort zone or you're making a change, that's going to be a lifestyle change. I mean, yeah, it's, it's scary because you know, you're going into the unknown and yeah, that I think that holds a lot of people back, especially when you go into the unknown and you feel unprepared, you're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that, you know, but it's one of the, the best things you can do. And if you need someone to kind of hold your hand along the way in the beginning, that's totally fine. I think a lot of people need that. Not even in the beginning, but once again, like Zach pointed out, you got these even if you're elite, time, yeah. uh, performers. Yeah. Definitely. Figure that shit out. All right, everybody. We're out. Have a good week. Peace. Peace. I live the life I deserve. Bless. Fuck a vacay, I feel better at work. I mean, whatever is worth. I get whatever I'm worth. Blessings on blessings on blessings. Look at my life, man. That's less.